What do you love about being outside and active? I'm, I'm sure I've spent more time outdoors than in. That just feels like home. Enjoy what you can do because you never know what is around the corner. Just being outdoors in the fresh air, it just clears my mind. Fully immersed in nature is what brings me the most joy. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode where I am joined by the founder of Black Girls Do Run, Tasha Thompson. Now, Tasha has been a friend of Outside and Active and the National Running Show for such a long time, so it's great to invite her on as a guest. Now, obviously, Tasha is the founder of Black Girls Do Run UK, because in 2019, to celebrate 20 years of running, she decided to give back to the sport that she loves and created Black Girls Do Run UK, a community to inspire, encourage and motivate regular black women to run. The group was founded based on her experiences throughout her years of running and noticed that there was a lack of diversity in races and running in general, and therefore she decided to try and do something about it. The initial aim of the group was to increase visibility of regular black women just running and meeting up and having fun and doing races and events and all those things, and it's now grown into an amazing community of people and runners Alongside all of this in creating Black Girls Do Run UK, she wants to take on her first ultra race in 2024. We preview that a little bit. Cycle around the Isle of Wight and just keep running fun. Tasha is just so much fun, has so much energy and always talks with a smile on her face. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Without further ado, let's get straight into this episode with Tasha Thompson. Hello and welcome back to the Outside and Active podcast, where today I'm very happy to be joined by Tasha Thompson, the founder of Black Girls Do Run. And I'm we're going to hear all about that. Tasha, hello, welcome. Hello. Hello. We, uh, before we get into all of that, though, uh, I'm going to offer you a piece of advice. And it's a piece of advice not from me. It's a piece of advice from a previous guest. And this previous guest is Richard Whitehead, who was speaking at the National Running Show. And his advice is very simple. Uh, but I think very powerful, and he wants runners to smile more because especially in this time of the year, it can be dark, it can be cold, it can be tough to get out the door, but sometimes you just have to smile and appreciate the run that you've just done or getting outdoors in general. So, yeah, here's advice. Wants runners to smile more. What's your feedback on that? I think that's um, really good advice. I smile a lot when I'm running, and... It's, there's supposed to running smiling is supposed to make running a bit easier so I think it's brilliant advice and we Fantastic. are running because we love it so yeah why not why not smile about it why not smile about it I like that I'm going to carry that through with me I'm going to remember that when I'm going for a run this week and it's it's freezing cold um why not smile more and the question that I also ask to everyone is what do you love about being outside and active my goodness what's not to love well the weather isn't sometimes great but what I love about being outdoors is being in nature and exploring new places and just seeing a change in scenery, different people. Running on a treadmill doesn't quite do it for me anymore because it's just, I find it quite boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think outdoors is wonderful because there's always something new to discover, even like in your local area. There's so much so, to discover and it's so exciting. So- yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. What, I mean, you've been running now for, 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 for quite a few years, but can you take me back to where you, the door to running opened for you? Like, when did you get into it? How did you get into it? And did you love it straight away or was it a bit of a slow burn? So funnily enough, I just 
said I don't like the treadmill, but my running journey actually started on the treadmill. So <laughs> I, I've been running, this year will be 25 years that I've been running actually. And about 25 years ago, I joined the gym and the treadmill was like my favourite piece of cardio equipment. So I used to run on it for, gosh, far too long. I couldn't do it now. <laughs> but then one day, it was a really nice day and I thought I would try running outside. And um, my goodness, it was so difficult. I couldn't believe like the switch from treadmill to running outdoors, how difficult it was. But I loved it. I loved like feeling the air on my skin. It was a nice sunny day. The sky was blue. The scenery was constantly changing. And it felt really challenging. And I just um, loved it. And then I entered, shortly after that, I entered a race, which kind of encouraged me to run outside more to prepare for that race. And I crossed that finish line and I got that medal for that five kilometre race. And literally, I've not stopped. <laughs> I love it. Having something to, because going to the gym, I found, I enjoyed it, but it was just kind of like very repetitive, kind of was going three times a week, but having like a event, race, however you refer to it, to aim for, just gave me a real focus and um, just something to aim for. And I loved it. So I just like having that end goal of a race. And then you kind of like, then you go again, you do another one. So after that first 5K, was it almost think, oh, I, I, you know, such an achievement, what else can I do? Because that's, a, that's a, a, a thought and uh, a feeling that I think a lot of runners will feel is that once they've achieved one distance or time or anything in that sort of nature, they think, oh, what else can I go on to achieve? And then, the, you know, the distances start to go up or the different locations. Was that a similar sort Definitely. of story for you? Definitely. So once I'd done that, I kind of had always watched the London Marathon on television growing up and I always used to say that I'm going to do that race one day and my family used to laugh at me so once <laughs> doing that five kilometer race I really wanted to do London Marathon and I applied a few times and was always rejected and this was before like you used to have to go to do you remember the sports shop Olympus you used to have to go to Olympus sports shop and pick up the London Marathon form send off send it off with a check or a postal order oh wow to find out whether you got in or not. A literal ballot, an in-person yeah, ballot. ballot. Yeah, literal ballot. So I think I, I think I applied that year. So that was 1999, I think. So I didn't get in in the year 2000. I didn't get in in 2001, but I kind of got tired of waiting, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get in. So I did it for a charity in 2001. And um, yeah, it's one of the best experiences of my life. But even then, I didn't think that marathons were something you did over and over again. I thought you just did it once or twice and then that was it. Like a tick on the bucket I list. Yeah, I didn't, know any, I didn't know anybody else that ran. I was kind of like the only person that I knew that had ran a marathon. And I went on to do the Paris Marathon in 2004 and then I didn't, didn't, didn't do it again for till a few years ago, really. Oh, interesting. So you, you, you went and did two and then didn't do it for a long time. No, I just didn't. I thought I'd done two. I thought, I thought two <laughs> was quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It quite a lot. And, um, and then I didn't know about, I knew about, I knew, I knew about Berlin Marathon. I didn't know of any others apart from London, Paris and Berlin. So you're literally doing this. So where are you getting your information from? Your training from? Are you speaking to like, you're not particularly talking to friends or family runners members world. about it runners and where is your was my bible runners world right. is where you found races at the back of runners world they used to have lists 
of all the races around the country and there were hardly I live in London there were hardly any in London or the southeast they were always really far away so like my first half marathon I recently went back to do it again actually was the Watford half marathon that was the closest half marathon I could find so it's so changed like now you could probably do a half marathon event every single week or at least every other week there's loads <laughs> yeah there's no shortage of events yeah, which is great there was hardly any so there wasn't that kind of like culture where you just kept going back doing it again and again and again so I, I used to do the five the first race I did was um I think it was the Flora Women's Five Kilometre Race in Hyde Park, and they did that every year in September. So that was my first race in 1999, and I did it every year until they didn't do it anymore, which I think was the year before we hosted the Olympics. Right, so that was a constant in your running calendar. Yeah, yeah. And then Nike, you did a few runs, but there there weren't, there weren't, the choices you have of races today, I didn't have those choices. Yeah, I suppose you can really see how it that that running world has grown over the yeah. you know that time period. But you, you know you've in so you take you back to 2019. You're you're thinking back to all of this sort of 20 years of running in different races and different events. But when you're turning up to these events and these races, are you noticing something? Are you noticing something that sparks then an idea to create the group that you 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 know that has been so strong for the last four or five years? Yeah, definitely. I'd always noticed that. But um, didn't really kind of have the drive or the idea or even the motivation to do anything about it and didn't really, probably wasn't in that mindset of thinking that I could do anything about it, to be fair. Right. But then maybe just 2019 was like 20 years of running for me. And I feel that running has given me so much, even up to that point, I'd gained so much from running that I also wanted to give back. And then me and my friend Linda were at a race and we had kind of a weird experience with a marshal where she didn't think we were running the race despite we had the running bibs on, which made us question as to, like, we'll never know and it might not be. She could have just been daydreaming in another world. We just wondered, did she think we weren't running the race because we were two black women and there were hardly yeah. any black people at this race and it just prompted the idea of like well maybe we can do something to encourage more regular black women to run because we're role represented at elite level like that's not an issue but just like at grassroots level you don't see a lot of it and there's just a lot of kind of cultural aspects to unpick as to why you don't see that like I didn't grow up with any of my family running or going out prioritizing going out to exercise or anything that just wasn't a thing they went to work they maintained the home they looked after me and my sister that was their priority their priority wasn't kind of like well Sunday morning gotta get my long run in <laughs> Do you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean like my children right they know I'm always probably at one day or if not both days of the weekend they know I'm gonna be running so I can't You're run out. around their schedules but they know that I'm going to be running that wasn't that's their although they don't run that's their social norm like they've got a mum who runs that's a really a social norm that's a really an interesting way of putting it a good way of putting it like it norm normality and you said then around the representation at the elite level being really strong but you know in terms of uh, maybe turning up to, to 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 local events and more inclusive events there's maybe not some 
it's not so accessible, maybe not that social norm that you mentioned there. No, definitely, no, definitely not. Because even now, when like there's a group of us running, and if we we've stopped to take a photo or something, someone will someone will usually ask us, "Why are we running? Are we raising money for charity?" Like it's almost like, well, we can't just be running for yeah, for your own reasons. Sake. Yeah, <laughs> it's got it's got to be a reason. It's got to be they've got to be doing it. They've got to be raising money, and when we're usually not raising any money we've just got we've just gotten together to meet up to run together but it's usually someone says oh what's going on you know is there some kind of event are you raising money for charity how yeah it's funny i mean and how how did you practically logistically go about setting up a group so like you said you you have this point you've given you know, you've taken so much from running you want to give back you want to start a community group or a movement of sorts how you know what are the first couple of steps in doing that what did you do you know i think the most powerful tool in starting black girls do run um uk was um instagram because really it only started with three of us because we used to meet up and run we lived near each other we still live near each other and um we would, every time we ran we would just post a photo we ran we're training towards this we ran here this happened while we were running and it just grew from there. And then from seeing that other women kind of probably saw themselves in us and thought, oh, they're running. Maybe I can try and run or I run and I quite fancy running with others. I'll join them. And it's just grown from there, really, from people seeing because I know it's cliche and everyone says it, but like you can't be what you can't see. But it is mm. it's not true for everybody, but it's true for many because... Like for me, I didn't see anybody looking like me running, but I ran anyway. But not for everybody, that's not... They need to see someone that they can relate to in order to kind of plant... That seems to be planted in their mind that that sport or that thing is for them. And that's the real key from the individual voice of social media and the power of social media that it gives, like I said, everyone a voice and just from you three friends posting and reaching a new audience it allows not only people that didn't maybe think uh, didn't have an interest in running to kind of uh have you know to be able to view what you're posting but also maybe people that want to get involved or wanted to get involved but didn't feel like there was a place for them seeing that place for them so did it kind of pick up quite quickly and you started to bring on new members and it's how sort of rapid was this growth say it wasn't rapid i would say it was a beautiful slow burner yeah how i like to think of it um which is a good way which is a good way because i think it's it's i think it's important to start small and kind of like see because we didn't know we didn't it wasn't started with kind of like any real plan we just Mm. already were running and we just started posting so we didn't really know who we would be who would we be targeting like what age group we just didn't know really um, but it just kind of just evolved naturally and the, the women who wanted to run or were already running just came to us. I guess the biggest explosion was like during the Black Lives Black Lives Matter campaign. It mm. kind of blew up around then and kind of hasn't really stopped actually. Continued on that upward trajectory. Yeah. I mean, I imagine right at the beginning it would have been strange if all of a sudden you went from one weekend of having three people run with you and then in the next weekend having a thousand people. So that. Yeah, 
the gradual increase has probably um, allowed you to, to kind of develop the group more. Um, but it's an interesting time to start a community group, especially when it sort of encourages people to be around each other in person because you set it up in 2019 and then of course the pandemic in you know early 2020 how did that affect were there positive impacts in terms of uh, still encouraging people to get out and run or was it actually quite a difficult thing i think the pandemic was pretty much very positive for running because if you, if you remember everybody was running yes because it's one of the, one of the few things that you could still do you couldn't go to the gym so bikes were go bikes were flying out of the bike shops and everybody was running. Like I'd go to my local park really early in the morning when usually there's nobody there and there'd be people running. <laughs> I mean that's how I got into it, in in all honesty. Like it was I couldn't play sport, I couldn't go to the gym. I was like, well, I can't just sit and do nothing. I yeah. have to go out and run and I hated it at the beginning, as I'm sure a lot of people did, and then eventually learned to love it. But yeah, interesting because obviously um, you can't bring people together, but actually encourage more people to find running. And probably in the last couple of years, the running world has, you know, in a in a strange way, benefited, for want of a better phrase, benefited from from that time of people getting outdoors. It did because it, it it you thought we were separated, but in a way, it brought a lot of us together because we couldn't run together, but we could run at the same time, and that and that was yes. quite powerful. So we could all like say, okay, let's do. It's the say for example, it's the fifth of February. Let's do five k for the fifth of February, and we could all go out and do it during that day. Post a photo saying I done my five k. So that brought us together. It's almost like we a lot of us go to park run on Saturdays. We don't go to the same park run, but we all go to a park run. We're all running at nine o'clock, and we all take a photo by the sign. So we've all yeah. done something together. So it it's not. Also, it's not always about physically being together, but it's just having that that common goal and that common cause, and that also brings you together. Some some of the women in our group, I've not met them in person, but yet I talked to them like I went to school with them. Oh, I see, I see what you mean. Yeah, again, and that's that power of social media and yeah. the online world of being able to communicate, and even though not only in different parts of the country, in different parts of the world, I imagine as well. Mainly different parts of the country, actually. Yeah. We're mainly London-based. We have a few that are um, outside of London, but it feels like they live around the corner because you see, you know what they're doing, you know what they're training for, you know the the ups and the downs of that training journey. It's just, it's just, it's just like it's just wonderful. So it begins in it begins in 2019. Where is Black Girls Do Run today? What's you know, what's your aim? What's the mission statement like? Kind of, how do you look to support the members of your group and, and kind of widen the net of people that are are in your group? So where we are today, where we are today is is kind of beyond my wildest imagination. I didn't <laughs> ever know it would become there. So we're a char- we're actually a charity now. And where we are today, we the main the main thing is to encourage more black women to run and to be part of the running community. So although like a lot of the time we get kind of, there are many people that most people understand. There are many, there are a few people that don't understand and say, oh, you're excluding people. But what I always say is like, I can see where you're coming from, but if you flip it around, what we're actually doing is that we're actually including more people in running. All we're doing is that we're nurturing a small kind of niche area 
And then what happens, they become very confident in running and then they go out into the running world and they go to different ones and they buy running trainers and they buy running watches and they go to the running show. So it's a win for the sport. It's not, we're not here just to keep ourselves to ourselves. We, we immerse ourselves in the running community as well. Yeah, exactly. Why would you not want more people to engage with, yeah, you know, being outdoors and being in the running yeah. community? I mean, like, obviously, from from me, kind of, as a, as a, as a white male, the barriers to entry are not, you know, there aren't particularly loads. And I think for me, going to an event, it would be my capability to run that would maybe be a barrier to entry. And it's not yeah. something that I have to consider. I have had to consider and I'm kind of aware of my privilege in, in that sense. But why do you think these barriers do exist? You know, obviously your black women is, is who you represent, but for a lot of people, I think they will think for, for, for a multitude of different reasons that there are barriers of entry um, for running. I mean, how do you look to break those down and make a more accessible environment? By, by making women feel more comfortable and feel like they belong and not being alone yeah because sometimes if you're alone and then sometimes you're alone and like you're not really alone but your mind kind of tells you things you're alone you're the only one and then you kind of shy away from it but you know everybody who wants to run belongs in the running community regardless whether you run fast you run slow you're somewhere in the middle we all make we all make up the running community because imagine if the run if running events only had fast runners it'd be over so quickly it would be hardly worth setting up the course yeah <laughs> very true so we need all kind we need all kinds of people and all kinds of runners to make up the running community and it's the only way that running i think that running will thrive and survive if we make it a place for all and not just for elite runners or those that can run really fast it will it will die out really quickly because most of us don't run really fast anyway <laughs> and, and i think that i mean we're, we're speaking in um in the beginning of february and the national running show was a few weeks in that ago now and it, i think that was maybe the fifth national like national running show at birmingham yeah. and obviously before i, I was just sort of a, involved with the show it, it was very the first show. I think the the majority of people there were ultra runners and long distance runners. And over the last, well, since 2018 now, so sort of six years, the community and the people that are at the show has diversified so many, so massively in so many different ways, which is fantastic. And when and you, I'm sure you will attest to this, the community that you meet and network with and that you see at the show from speakers to brands to the visitors has expanded massively. And then obviously it's, it's, it's looking to continue that growth and continue that yeah. diversity. But that's an example of the running community coming together and hopefully we see it more now in events. I think the running show has really got it right because they've got a mix of everything. They've got, you've got like Mo Farah on the stage, but then you mm. have like an ordinary runner on the stage too. They've just got the right mix of everything for everybody. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's playing to that point of including more people and opening that door to more people that maybe thought, oh, I, I, 
I don't think I can be a runner or I'm not a runner. So no, I think, I think that's, that's a great point. And I've, I've asked you, you know, kind of where black girls do run started, where it is now, what's, what's it looking like for the future? What's your aim going forward? I mean, like you said, now registered charity, um, you must do a lot of different campaigns as well as just encouraging people to run as well. We've been involved in a few campaigns. Um, the most recent being the This Girl Can Closing the Enjoyment Gap because they did some research yes. and found that like women didn't enjoy movement and like the industry needs to do something to close that enjoyment gap so that we to encourage us to move more because if we enjoy it and then we're more likely to embrace it. Um, we've been on the front of women's running. Um, yeah, we've got this. Um, we've we've had some fantastic opportunities. And what does the future hold? Well, the future, the future, the future. We always have to bring it back to why why we started and why we exist, and that yep. is to encourage more Black women to run and to be involved in the running community. So we'll just push forward with that. And so we've got more. Where we started off with like doing just a monthly in person run a month in different parts of London, so that people get to experience running in different places and it's good fun like creating routes as well because like you learn loads you learn loads about I learn loads about the city I live in that potentially I didn't know and it's wonderful and then what we've got we've got um we've got more local ones started as well so we've got one in northwest London one in east London and one in south London because what we find like a lot of us not all of us, a lot of many of us are mothers and even if we're not mothers we're juggling so many other things yeah. And there are so many runs like from the central London stores which are brilliant, but it's not always feasible to travel forty five minutes to run five kilometres, then travel forty five minutes back home again. <laughs> Agree, yeah. So um we've got runs in more in local areas so that it's not so far for people to for women to travel to. I like that. It's a good it's a good initiative and I think I also just wanted to pick up on what you said about the enjoyment gap, because that's not actually something I've heard about um, women, you know, closing that enjoyment gap. How do you think that's possible in running? Like, how do you get people to enjoy running more? Because I think I said earlier, I hated running to begin with. For me, it was because I hated uh, comparing myself to others. I was fo so focused on time. I was so focused on distance and PBs and kilometer splits. And I found the enjoyment from almost just letting all of that go and realizing that running isn't just running at one pace the entire time. It's yeah. it's about community, it's about people, and it's about um, headspace as well. So, how do you think that enjoyment gap closes? Just what you said, actually, because I'm not a PB runner. I'm a every race is a P. Everyone is a PB for me because I finished. <laughs> that's, that's my yes, I love. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to clip that. I did that. say to somebody once that every every race is a PB, and they looked at me like, "Oh my gosh, how did you do?" I said, "No, finishing the P finishes the PB." And they looked at me like, "Oh my gosh, you have no ambition, woman." <laughs> oh, I love that. It's another race. It's another. It's another medal. It's another run. Yeah, it's so yeah. It is in a way. It is a PB. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a PB. So I I I think that we all need to like. You need to be in, in parts of community where that is not the main goal, like PBs and stuff. So. Like, I think the goal should be, first of all, you enjoy the trade, the, the journey of the training purpose, training journey to get to that point of the race. Because that's that's also part of it. It's not just about the day. It's about the ups and downs of the journey and fitting it, fitting it all in around your life and then getting to the start line and actually knowing that you're as ready as you can be 
and crossing the finish line. I think that's a big thing. And what I tend to focus on now is not what time I finish, but what's important for me is when I'm running, I like to try and cover each mile quite evenly. And then for me, that means like I've got quite a good level of fitness to maintain a certain speed per mile. But it's not about getting to the finish line by, I don't know, if it's a half marathon, two hours 30. It's just about being that, being consistent and being consistent in my training. And it's not always possible to be motivated. We've also got to be disciplined in order to fit all that training in. So those, those, are, those are the things I look for. And I mean, you've completed so many different races and events, but what have you got coming up on a personal note in 2024? What do you want to achieve? Have you got something that you're particularly looking forward to? Oh my gosh. I've always got so much on. (laughs) (laughs) Classic runner. Yeah. (laughs) So my next big race is Manchester Marathon, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. And in between now and Manchester Marathon, I've got a 10K in Alice Holt. Wood Forest Street, England, and the Landmarks Half, which I love the Landmarks Half. Oh, that looks like an awesome race. I've I've been wanting to do that. It's a brilliant race. And the atmosphere as well, I imagine, is very cool. And then after that, I've got a few, or a few, I've got a couple of ultras. I'm doing my first ultra this year, which is quite a big thing, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where, which, which, which which ultra are you doing? I'm doing the, um, I'm doing actually doing two now. <laughs> you're you're doing, not doing things by half measures. You're throwing no, yourself in no, there. Life is for living, like you know. Tomorrow's not promised. So race the king and race the stones. Race the stones. I was supposed to do last year, but I hurt my back, so I had to defer it till this year. So yeah, I'm going for both this year. They are very good ultra races. First ultra races. They're very accessible, and I think from we've we've worked with threshold before so they i know that they take good care of their runners um so i think some of our team members are doing that apparently looking forward to the feasts oh i mean that's the best part about ultra running is running in general is the eating eating, (laughs) oh amazing oh so an exciting year you're you're not taking it easy two ultra marathons for your first ultra year and lots of events planned in which is exciting yeah 25 years of running so I, i wanted to do some different things and I've got this um, kind of journal that I'm going to document it all in save the race numbers and stick them in and yeah so um, it's going to be a good year well, that's amazing well Tasha just before I ask you for your piece of advice and where people can go to find out more about what we've been talking about today um, what would be your message to those who maybe want to get involved in the running community uh, but feel like they can't for whatever reason for you know the barriers that we may have spoken about earlier on what would be kind of your message to those that are listening and going oh oh, maybe that's for me but I need that little positive push reach out because one thing about runners I've found is that runners are very kind people reach out and like just see right if they live near you or not far from you and just you can even if you just said look I'm really nervous to join a community of runners could could we meet up at a park run? Most likely, they will say yes. I would say yes. Like it might take me a few weeks before I could meet up with the person, but I would I would def I would go out of my way to meet somebody who felt nervous, because we love running and I think runners love running, but we also want others to love it too. So we'll mm. go out of our way to help others to also grow that love for running. 
So it can because it can be quite daunting going to join a whole group of people that you don't know. But just follow 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 a few people on Instagram that perhaps live in your city and just reach out to one of them. Um, I promise you, they'll be nicer than you think they will be. I couldn't agree more on what I particularly like about what you just said then is that it can be very, very daunting just turning up to a run club for the first time without any prior sort of engagement, but just reaching out or just sending a message or a follow and just saying, hey, I'm thinking about coming along. What do I need to know? What, you know, all the, any questions you may have. And then it breaks that barrier down. So then when you do eventually go, if you want to go with a friend or a colleague or a family member, you feel a bit more included already because you've had that initial contact so that's that yeah that's a fantastic point and I, I would encourage people to to take that first step I feel like I'm I'm squeezing advice out of you because you've given so much <laughs> advice you've just I've just said for a piece of advice there um but now just before well I'm going to ask you for a piece of advice um to pass over but also where can people go to find out more about you and Black Girls Do Run so we're on all the major social channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We've got Strava group. Um, those are the best places. And we use a platform called Halo like for all our communications with our women. So we're on, okay. on Halo as well. Amazing. Well, those links will be in the description of this podcast. And all that's left is for a piece of advice that I can pass on to a guest coming on to the podcast in the near future. Piece of advice. Okay. Um, Life in itself is stressful. Don't let running become something that's an added stress. Make it be something you enjoy. That's fantastic. Tasha, I look forward to passing that along. You, the impact you've had on the running community is massive and I'm grateful for your time. And that brings us to the end of this conversation and this week's episode, another episode in the series of running following the National Running Show. I hope you enjoyed and Tasha, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, just before we leave you a favour, I ask this every week, but if you could share this episode or this podcast with someone who you think would enjoy it just as much as you, then it would make a massive difference, believe me. Another big game changer is leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. Again, it just makes a massive difference and I really want to see people feedback. I'll be back next week with another episode of the ONA podcast but until that time I've been Dominic Brown. Enjoy the outdoors.